Tell me about your first date with oh, your wives. No. I'm not joking. She busts out this exact phrase. Did you know that mermaids are real? <laughs> and I, I responded internally like that. And what she was talking about is this documentary. She doesn't believe mermaids are real anymore. <laughs> She found this documentary where he was talking about mermaids' existence, his government cover-up, and I was like, this is a wacky person. I need to spend more time with this person. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast from Real FM. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Guys, it is the season finale. Season finale? Oh my gosh. Season two of the Real Talk podcast. So much pressure. Hi, I'm Anson along with Kara and Isaac. This is Real Talk, the show where we get real about everything from the ridiculous to the inspiring. Yeah, when you say season finale, (laughs) it kind of conjures up these, I don't know, lost kind of vibes or, you know, these like really dramatic TV shows where they have these massive cliffhanger (laughs) endings. I'm not quite sure that's what's going to happen here. Who's dying at the end of this one? (laughs) That's a good question. We're all going to find out together. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Hopefully we all live. Or maybe if it's like, you know, most TV shows will resurrect in season three in some way. You know, Isaac wasn't actually dead. (laughs) Come back. Kara may have shoved him off the cliff. But he had a parachute. Oh my gosh. And we're going to find out halfway through season I was about to three. say, that would be a twist <laughs> if Kara is the one out of everyone I know. Sorry. She's the villain. Push. As I shove you off the cliff. So sorry. Yes. <laughs> this episode, we're talking about what do you people want? We're kind of going a, a little bit off the beaten path here, doing something a little bit different than we've normally done. Yes. We're discussing men versus women, asking the guys the question, what's the one thing you wish that the ladies knew about you mm-hmm. and no it's not that you're ridiculously good looking okay we're not we're gonna go try to go a little bit deeper oh, than that wow <laughs> and then also asking some ladies what do you wish that men knew about women mm-hmm. and so we have some special guests that are showing up on this uh, podcast Kara yes it's very exciting my good friends Dree and Bree and yes we definitely planned that <laughs> with the names yeah. it's quite crazy so Anson's wife Dree and Isaac's wife Bree are gonna be joining me for a special little ladies of real fm segment so we'll see what they have to say yeah i'm I'm not nervous at all how are you doing isaac (laughs) my nails were always chewed off like this So that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to talk to them. And then, of course, uh, Isaac and I are going to talk about the guy's side, too. So we'll get to that coming up here. But first, it's time for the shameless plug. And guys, I thought since this is kind of our final episode of the season, before we take a little bit of a break for the summer, that we could talk a little bit about kind of the Real FM podcast catalog yeah. oh. that we have now, because we're going to have two full seasons of Real Talk podcasts. And just wanted to plug real quick that uh, we have what that makes. How many episodes do we have in the first season? Wasn't it like 12? Was it 12? again I think it was a lot so we've got like 20 some episodes that you can go back and listen to now that's true you've missed any of them make sure you go back to the beginning you can go back through the real talk podcast and we've also got the wake up podcast with Isaac which is going to be continuing throughout the summer unless Isaac Kara puts them off I was about to say like (laughs) from my secret bunker that I'm hiding in after Kara murdered me yeah we'll see if those are still going or not I don't know we'll have to find out no of course wake up continues with Isaac and so 
he'll keep you company throughout the rest of the summer yes. if you need your podcast fix from Real FM. So make sure you check out the other podcast episodes and shows that we've got going on on the Real FM Podcast Network. We're going to talk about what we're into this week, and we're going to start with Isaac. Okay, so I'm leaving directly after recording this episode for a big family vacation. Ooh. Um, and with that, I, of course, have the benefit of Bree being the all-intensive vacation planner that she is. <laughs> I basically get to fly by the seat of my pants for an entire week. Oh, that's nice. glorious. So excited about it. That being said, I have tasked myself with curating the entire road trip playlist. Oh. Throughout this entire time, I have been softly stressing out about this, like <laughs> curating softly. the proper road trip vibe, getting the right amount of 80s journey, Boston, but also bringing in some like Lecrae stuff we're playing on Real FM. <laughs> nice. Okay. I've really wanted to make sure the order of this playlist makes <laughs> sense. There's not like a journey song followed by like a hardcore song. Like I'm trying to have a good time with this. Does Bree have like this expectation that you're going to get it right? Is that where the pressure comes from? Or is it something that you put on yourself? It was kind of one of those like, we'll give you a job. And then you hand like the toddler, <laughs> like a toy hammer. Here, it's like, you okay. can do this. <laughs> so this actually doesn't matter at all. It doesn't it's matter at really all. really important to you. I'm conscious of this. Uh, the other day, Bree and I were out and she's like, oh, Isaac, why don't you build us a road trip playlist? <laughs> this is after she's like packed nine bags. Uh, Were you trying to like pack a bag with her and like just oh, unfolding all of her clothes oh and stuff? Gosh. And she's like, I know what you can do. No, you honestly, over here. Honestly, when we were getting ready for our honeymoon, that was almost a conversation. I said, look, we'll get through checkpoints really quickly. Let's just have one bag. And she goes, honey, no, 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 no. Put your Walmart bags back in the cabinet. We're not doing that. <laughs> so now she kind of sees that coming. So she gives me little tasks to do. But the thing is, is like when she said that internally, I was like, oh, you're going to make a big deal out of this to myself. Oh. Uh -huh. And we're riding in the car with three, four very different people. So the mm -hmm. road trip playlist that I assemble yeah. is going to be way different. And I love my brother's girlfriend. I really hope that she likes this too. I'm trying to impress her still. So <laughs> I'm really hoping I don't do like the, you like the song thing, like for right. every song. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part is making it for someone else. If it was yeah. just for me, I'm like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. killing it. But for yeah. someone else, it's like, oh, I don't even know how to guess. It's such a mixed bag. But... All right. We'll have to check back in with you and see how you did. Yeah. Oh, gosh, <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> None. What I'm into this week is piano lessons. Because oh. my daughter, Avi, just started her first piano lesson. Oh, my gosh. The other day. So fun. It's really cool because I'm actually teaching her out of the same book that I learned from, from Dude. my grandmother about 25 years ago. What? That's Which cool. is pretty cool. That's yeah. really cool. I don't know if I'm how nostalgic you would say I am. Like, I do get kind of sentimental about certain things. But this is one of those first experiences that I've had as a parent where, like, it really just, I don't know, brings back kind of my own memories of yeah. childhood Aww. because before your kids reach a certain age you don't really remember what it was like to be a kid right. when you were one or two mm -hmm. or three yeah but my daughter Avi, she's six years old now she just finished kindergarten she's going into first grade Aww. so she's kind of at that place where I actually have some memories of what it was like to be wow. a first grader right yeah. and one of my major memories of being around that age 
was taking piano lessons from my grandmother. I lived in a small town. My grandma lived about two blocks away. I walked by myself as a kindergartner <laughs> age kid, which wow. you probably can't do anymore, right? <laughs> no. I walked a couple of blocks to my grandma's house to take piano lessons, Aww. and then I'd walk back to my house. And I have a lot of fond memories of learning how to do that because piano has become one of my hobbies and loves that sure. I've had for the rest of my life. It's really And it fun. kind of started with my grandma. I'm teaching my daughter on the piano that I learned on Aww. when I grew up out of the uh, same book that I learned. I don't know. Is there some killing me? Yeah, like yes. real like poetic kind of something going on there. It's beautiful. And I don't normally stop and take pictures of things. My wife's always the one whenever we do anything. She's like, hold on, we got to get a picture of this. Hold on. Yeah. We and I'm always like, like, do we have to take the pic? I don't <laughs> care about the pictures. And I was actually like, no, I'm going to take a picture of A.V. learning to play this first song That's out of this book that I learned because I was like, this is just one of those moments yes. that I can tell yeah. is going to be something that I remember for a long, long time. So super cool. It's kind of cool because I think sometimes we have those moments where we don't recognize them in the moment. Like mm -hmm. this is going to sure. be a turning point or a big kind of milestone moment in our life or our kid's life. And you only kind of recognize that later. Mm -hmm. And that can be cool, too. But this is one of those few times where I felt like I knew like in that moment, yeah. like this is kind of a big deal. And yeah. I'm going to remember this for a long time. And oh. I think she's going to remember it for a long time, too. This could be one of her earliest I'm memories. I'm like one to tear up. For I her. know. <laughs> I don't know how Anson isn't like giving us. He's like, oh, you hold your hand like this. <laughs> I, I got that out of the way yesterday when I was given the piano lesson. So I'm, I'm kind of emotionally recovered now. Her memories are going to be dad cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, did piano lessons with my dad. And for some reason, he was really sad about it. Like sobbing all the time. What I am into this week is a little bit less awe inspiring like that. But I am actually really into kids movies right now. This last weekend, my boyfriend and I watched Storks together. Have you guys seen Storks? I have. I still haven't seen Storks. Do you know oh. why I've seen Storks? Because I brought it because to your house and made you watch house and said, watch this. <laughs> it was true. really good, though. Was, that is what I did. But yes, Isaac, you need to see Storks or else I'm going to be showing up at your door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and Breed, sit down and watch this. It's so adorable. So sweet. But I've been on this kick for a while now, not just with that one. But lately, that feels like all I want to watch. And of course, we all know the new Incredibles movie came out. I haven't seen it yet, but I watched another picture. Pixar movie last night. It was having one of those days where I was just really tired. Yeah. I went home last night. I was like, oh, I feel like I just need a reset. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll watch a Pixar movie <laughs> because that solves everything. And yeah. so I actually watched Inside Out, which is one of my favorites. However, disclaimer, I'm a strange person. <laughs> I like just just wait for okay. it. Sometimes I need to cry and I watch sad movies on purpose. Oh. Tearjerker movies. Inside Out is one of these movies where I'm like, I yeah. know what's going to happen. I'm going to get to this point in the movie and I'm yeah. going to be sitting on the couch like, and then Joy fell into the bed and then she <laughs> came out and it was all, and then sadness mixed all the things. Anyway, I love it. And it's so deep and profound and I'm such an emotional person that sometimes I need to watch a child's movie explain to me why my emotions work yeah. the way that they do. Every time I watch it, I feel like I learned something. And even last night, I was like, I feel like I'm in a counseling session right now <laughs> oh, yeah. watching this movie. It's so incredibly profound. And uh, I've I've been thinking about that a lot lately with Pixar. And I read an article this week and it said, as a child, truth is so simple, right? Mm. It's only as an adult that it becomes complicated. And so I think that's why I love going back to these childhood movies at times because life feels super extra complicated and sometimes just sitting down and watching a good kids movie is like, 
okay, yes, I remember truth doesn't have to be super complicated right. all the time. Sometimes it's just simple. I need some little cartoon characters mm. to like help explain it <laughs> yeah. to me right well, now. And the one sure. thing that Pixar seems to be able to do is to take simple truths and mm. add depth to them oh somehow. Oh. It's kind of this weird mixture, right? Of like, yes. yes, it's still a kid's movie. And yes, it kind of distills some things down into some simpler terms and simpler truths. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't necessarily like leave the complexity by the wayside. Oh, no. Like there's yeah. still complexity and depth right. in those movies that sometimes exceeds adult movies. Oh, yeah. That's what's so incredible about them is they do take incredibly complex things and distill them down so that you're sitting there sobbing on the couch while right. your kid is like, what's right. wrong? It's just a fun movie. And you're like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> Now it's time for Swagger Scale, everyone's favorite part of the podcast, or at least my favorite part of the podcast, where one of us shares something really cringy that we did in the last week. (laughs) So this is not at all a humble brag, but I volunteer with Big Brother Big Sister organization. I've been hanging out with this dude for about a year now. He is one of the best, coolest, brightest people I know. He's also sometimes a bit of a turd. <laughs> um, we were playing basketball recently and we decided we'd play a game of horse. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, cool. Like I've kind of, I'm winding down after work. We're playing horse and I'm thinking three left-handed layups. This kid is toast. I'm going to get an early <laughs> lead and we're just going to shut it down. Keep having fun, but teach him how to lose gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> this kid, he has this ability to granny shot from any distance. Like, <laughs> Like, I'm not kidding. I think I could have like driven him outside of the basketball court and be like, all right, granny shot. And he would break a window with the ball. It would make nothing but net. Wow. I swear to you. That's amazing. I lost a game of horse against 12 year old granny shooting the entire time. That's pretty wonderful. Yeah. I'm a grown man who has played basketball a lot. This is how he did it. He goes, you have stronger arms than I do. Can I granny shot wherever you shoot from? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I I mean, anyone that asks that, you're like, okay, yeah, that's win is in the bag. Yeah, (laughs) I set up a three sink it. He goes back, granny shoots it. I'm like, oh, "Oh, that's a one off. That's fine. He made every shot, like every shot. I said, okay, finally, we're at the end. We're H-O-R-S, H-O-R-S. We yeah. both, this is down to the oh, line. so it was close. That's yeah. good. It was close. I did not lose gracefully. <laughs> he, on a whim, goes, I'm going to try a half court shot. This kid is 75 pounds of skill. And I'm thinking, God, if you're there. <laughs> Don't let him make this because like I'm never competitive until I'm not supposed to be. And then I super am. Uh He sinks it. He death curries it like straight (laughs) through the net. I walk up there and he goes, you can get two tries if you want. I still hear his prepubescent voice in my head. That's rubbing the salt in the wound. Wow. I don't make it. I then did you even hit the rim? No, not even close. <laughs> so it's at the JBU gym. So there's actually a track that circles right. the court. My ball went onto the track. Oh, no. <laughs> I overshot Ouch. it by a lot. Did you do like the walk of shame to go get the basketball? <laughs> no, what I did, this is bad. I stomped really hard. And like, I tried to laugh it off, but there was this half second where the little man inside of me was like, just leave him. <laughs> just leave him here. Walk out. Walk, walk away. Down. Leave. Leave this kid here. Make him 
walk home. (laughs) I just got my butt kicked by a 12 year old. (laughs) And then like we went and got pizza afterwards and I turned it into a, um, an opportunity to build him up. (laughs) Good for Uh, you. You're really good at basketball, man. You should play basketball. And he just trash talked the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, be the bigger man. The hardest thing about having to be the bigger man is when you literally are the bigger man. (laughs) And you're like, that leaves me no choice but to be the bigger man in this situation, even though I feel really small right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now it is time for Crushing It, where we celebrate our successes, big or small. So you guys might remember that there were a few things that kind of happened to me all at once over the last couple of weeks. Our air conditioner went out at home. There was a giant tree limb that fell in our backyard. (laughs) There's a bunch of kind of crazy stuff that kind of happened all at once there. And a a lot of these things that happened all at once had significant financial repercussions. (laughs) So like air conditioners, for example, I learned all about how much air conditioners cost, which is a lot by the way. <laughs> and so my wife and I, we've kind of been navigating this tricky segment of our lives over the last couple of weeks where we've had some unexpected expenses that yeah. we've had to yeah. traverse. Now we find ourselves, I think, kind of on the other side, hopefully, of these issues that kind of cropped up. And we lived. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. Yay! And like, that's crushing it, right? Like, I survived. Totally. And when all of those things start to happen and it feels like the sky is falling a little bit, Mm. you kind of start to question whether survival is a given or not, right? (laughs) Obviously not literally. But when you're facing these things, they loom large when you're standing in their shadow. You know what I mean? And then as you start to move away from them a little bit, you gain that perspective and you kind of look back on it and you go, it's not necessarily that wasn't so bad because you're like, (laughs) it it was kind of bad. Like it was kind of difficult. It was kind of hard, but we're still here Mm. and we're okay. And I think it's really important when you get on the other side of those things to take a moment to like stop and reflect on that a little mm-hmm. bit. And so my wife, we were having a conversation earlier this week where we were kind of doing just that. We were like debriefing yeah. from mm-hmm. what we had gone through the last couple of weeks. And we were like, hey, we made it, Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. Yes. Like, you know, we're still here. And mm-hmm. it actually felt pretty good to be able to have that debrief sure. and talk about that. And, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I, we've been married for over 10 years now. And we've gone through a few of these periods over the course of 10 years Mm. where things kind of hit you one after the other. And not that I necessarily want to go through this again in the near future or something, but there's something that is actually kind of satisfying about conquering Mm. these types of moments in your life. And I think when you go through them a few times, especially in marriage as a team, Mm. and then you stand on the other side of them and can kind of look back on them, it kind of gives you confidence for the next one. And as we were debriefing, we were kind of like, you know what? I feel like we actually kind of kept our heads and kept our cool for the most part because we had faith in God that he was going to take us through some of these things Mm. and faith in each other that we were going to make it through and that we were going to be okay. After you have kind of a history of making it through some challenges together, you start to build up that trust. Yeah. In God and each other that, okay, with yeah. God's help, with each other's help, we can move through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And we both kind of feel like that's what happened here. I want to commend you guys because like you can either let hard situations break you up or mm. bring you closer. And that's I think true. that's exactly what you and Dre did. Like you guys took that pressure and you're like, there's something really cool when you're in the life raft with someone else. Yes, and you right. that. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of that survival experience. Yeah. Like it's not necessarily fun to almost die while you're in <laughs> yeah. the life raft, like at that moment. Yeah. But in hindsight, you look back on it and go like, 
Yeah, we did we that. We did that. We were never even nervous at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you fudged the truth just a little bit. Yeah. Now it's time for Would You Rather, our great value brand of role-playing games here. And it's my turn to pick the question. I've got a good one for you guys. Would you rather eat a 50-layer cake or eat a 50-scoop ice cream cone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. That oh is a man. lot of ice cream and or cake. That is so right? much. I was reading a book <laughs> yesterday. I've been reading the series of unfortunate events yeah. by yeah. Lemony Snicket. If you've never read these books... The guy that writes them, Daniel Handler, is hilarious because he writes these weird asides and things all throughout the books. And one of them, he was talking about this idea that you can't actually do anything that you set your mind to, even though people will tell you that. So he was talking about the children's book, The Little Engine That Could. And he was like, The Little Engine That Could is a ridiculous book because, first of all, it has a train that like talks and thinks and that's not real. And then second of all, The Little Engine That Could convinces herself that she can do something that's seemingly impossible simply by muttering, I think I can, to herself over and over again. And he says, the thing is, you can mutter to yourself as much as you want. That doesn't necessarily mean you'll be able to accomplish the impossible. And his example, he says, if you wanted to eat nine pints of ice cream, muttering, (laughs) I think I can, is not necessarily going to help you accomplish that. So as I sit here thinking about whether or not I could eat 50 scoops of ice cream or 50, what was it? Layers of cake? 50 layer cake. Yeah. I think I can is probably not adequate to actually accomplish that. I feel like either way, this is going to hurt. This is going to end badly. I'm going to rebuttal. Okay. Okay. I know I can tackle 50 scoops of ice cream. Really? I know it in my heart of hearts. Right. There are two facts in the universe. Jesus loves me. I can tackle this challenge. That's amazing. I think we're actually going to have to try this. Next then. door, there is an artisanal <laughs> ice cream shop. Yeah. Yes. Where I would eat 50 scoops of that. You ice guys cream. think scoops. you could eat 50 scoops of that? If I, I get the know. activated charcoal ice cream. <laughs> I just look, dude, I eat a lot of food. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Way more than I should. Fifty scoops. Fifty is a lot. I wonder if it could, super is. I wonder if you could like spread it out throughout the day. Does that That seems like cheating. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. I think like if it's under an hour, I think <laughs> oh, that'd be fair. Like wow. you really scoops. think you could eat fifty scoops of ice cream in an hour. It would be a great thing to try. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think after about twenty scoops, you're gonna not be thinking that anymore. That's I don't know. True. I think a sorbet would work oh, since maybe. it's water based. Yeah. It's We're getting more. into the weeds here, but I think it's sorbet <laughs> because the dairy would be a problem for me. That would be but a like, huge yeah. problem. A so you feel like the sorbet. ice cream would be easier or sorbet would be easier than the cake. Oh, 100 percent. Does yeah. the cake have frosting? Well, obviously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does it have like a lot of frosting? Oh man, a couple of slices of cake take me out. Yeah, I mean that's, it's got to have a lot of frosting. How else can you get through fifty layers? Uh, that's like, true. I guess so. otherwise it'd be super See, dry. I'm thinking like if it was like this kind of light, spongy cake yeah. that like didn't have a lot of frosting, maybe that would almost yeah. be easier than the fifty scoops of ice cream. I don't think because the so, ice cream can be pretty thick and heavy if yeah. we're talking like actual real sure. yeah. dairy ice cream. Sure, but if it's, it's loaded cake. up, if it's loaded up with frosting, yeah. the frosting is what does me in. Yeah. with the cake, a couple. Mm bites of like yeah. frosting and I'm going because well, there's it, like a half inch of like frosting between layers but normally if it was, yeah but if it was 50 layers without any frosting it would just be impossible to swallow I It'd guess so bready. maybe so, so dry yeah. oh man if I was going to do the cake thing I need something like carrot cake yeah or like something that's not yeah. super crazy yeah. like you wouldn't want like double chocolate fudge something whatever. that's not cake. rich yeah yeah and I feel like almost the same thing probably with the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. You might be onto something with the sorbet. Yeah. 
I would do that. I still wouldn't do it. I'm going to say 50 scoops of like a rainbow sherbet or wow. something. I could. It's a lot of specific. rainbow sherbet. Hey, if you're going to do it, be specific about what you want. All I can think of when you say I'm going to eat 50 scoops of rainbow sherbet is what your vomit is going to look like <laughs> after about 40 scoops. Oh, oh man. It's going to look really unpleasant. Magical. That's what it's going to look I'd like. See, I'd go something like really, really light. I, I'm with you on the sorbet, yeah. but not even rainbow sherbet. Yeah. I don't know. Even what looks like the lightest flavor of like sherbet I that think could like be. probably a lemon Lemonade. yeah like a lemon or a lime yeah. it'll taste about the same like coming back up yeah. <laughs> I still think I would probably get maybe 10 15 scoops in before yeah. I'd have to tap out I don't, it's so hard I don't to think tell. I could do more than that yeah when you get that high in number it's just hard to imagine that much ice cream yeah. like it sounds awesome yeah but I think then. we're actually gonna have to put this to the test with Isaac now <laughs> We, we can might. make it happen. Sorbet, sorbet is cheap. I guess. I mean, depending on where we get it from, you it's get not, it from like an ice cream shop or something. It's not cheap. We're going to have to create a whole new line item in Real FM's budget just for Isaac's ice <laughs> cream test. We're going to go to Sean and be like, all right, this $300 yeah, that we, we spent. We have a proposal. Science. <laughs> All right, it is time for our final conversation of season two here on the Real Talk podcast. We decided to end with a doozy. The title of this episode is What Do You People Want? And we're specifically <laughs> talking about men asking themselves the question, if there was one thing I would want women to know about men, what would it be? And then vice versa for the ladies. If there is one thing you wish men knew about women, what would it be? Now, big giant caveat that we're going <laughs> to slap up on the front end of this conversation. OK, mm-hmm. yep. we are not BuzzFeed. <laughs> Or at least we're not trying to be BuzzFeed. God okay. help us all. Yeah. So you've probably read some BuzzFeed articles or even the old school version of BuzzFeed is the magazine covers right. in the checkout line at mm. Walmart or Target or something, right? That have these headlines on the front of them that say things like the five things you need to know about women, right? right. Yeah. Or the three secrets to getting a man. They try to distill this complexity of all of the men in the entire world <laughs> down to three key points that if you just understood them... Yeah. You would understand men and you'd never have a problem talking to a man or understanding a man ever again. Yeah. yeah. That's not true. No. It's just not. Right. I mean, first of all, even if all men were the same, there's more to men than three bullet points. Oh, yeah. Okay. Same thing for women, obviously. Yeah. But on top of that, not all men and women are the same. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you read maybe some kind of stereotypical article about here's what a man is like and here's what a woman is like in your average relationship? And then yeah. maybe you date someone and you go, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're the exact opposite of what all of the like experts and normal conventional rules say what do I do with that right exactly like okay women are supposed to be the emotional ones and men aren't and now all of a sudden (laughs) I started dating this guy and he's way more emotional than I am or like you know what I mean yeah these types of discrepancies in the conventional wisdom happen all the time yeah in fact uh, my boyfriend and I were watching a video a couple weeks ago it was a comedy show and so they tend to over exaggerate the differences a little bit but they were talking about something and I was like do you do that Uh because I don't think you're like that he was like I don't think I'm like that either I was like oh okay Okay, well, now I'm confused. <laughs> what yeah. am I supposed to do with this? Exactly. Now, I do think that there are certain things that we can learn about people in general, not yes. just gender, but I'm talking about 
all sorts of generalities, right? We could say that we should always avoid all sorts of generalities, but then things like just general statistics would be of no use to us. And we know that there are trends that occur. There are trends happening based on age. There are trends that happen based on gender. There are trends Mm. that happen based on all sorts of different attributes, but we have to understand those things correctly. Yeah. A trend is just that. It's just a trend. That means in general, something may be true. That doesn't mean there aren't exceptions. It doesn't mean there aren't a lot of exceptions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we just want to kind of get that out of the way on the front end of this conversation. What we don't want to do is impress upon anyone that we're saying all men are like this or all women are like this because that's just not really how it works. Exactly. And hopefully in the course of our conversation, what we're trying to accomplish here is to get past some of those characters Mm. and get to some deeper level understandings of who men are and who women are. So we're going to start out by doing something really, really scary. (laughs) At least for Isaac and I. Uh We are going to invite our wives onto this podcast (laughs) to have a discussion with Kara about what they wish men understood about them. It's going to be awesome. Now, Isaac is the key man in his wife's life, and I am the uh, primary man in my wife's life, which means (laughs) when they're discussing what they wish men... plural with air quotes understood about them they may be referencing us more than just men in general i don't know i don't know what they're gonna say we're gonna find out but isaac and i are gonna go into another room and plug our ears yep (laughs) go eat some ice cream yes you know what let's go get about 20 scoops of ice cream (laughs) and we'll be back here in a few minutes when kara and Dree and brie wrap up their conversation Talking with my good friends Bree and Dree. We're having some girl time on Real Talk here. Dree is married to Anson and Bree is married to Isaac. Welcome, guys. Hi. 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 Thanks for having us. Hey. <laughs> I hate hearing my voice. I know. I we hate all, it. We all I do. hate it. Everybody does. It's a thing. Dree's so collected. <laughs> no, she's. <laughs> under, I'm like a duck on water, like yeah. on the surface. I'm under, under a duck on and, water. And then underneath, they're like frantically <laughs> swimming. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> a great description. That's pretty much my life. (laughs) So today we are talking about what's something that you as a woman would like for the men in your life to know about either you specifically or about women in general. Dree, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. (laughs) Crying. Crying is the thing I want to talk about. Crying. Yes. I think this is a pretty common thing. Crying is a biological response to pretty much every emotion for women like am i wrong about that no you're not no. wrong <laughs> that is a thing like i feel like if we're happy mad sad yes. it doesn't really matter and the thing that bothers me is that when i get mad oh and yeah. i start crying I always cry i'm like I'm mad why <laughs> if i could just stop the tears and be mad and just be mad it just makes me so much more mad that i'm crying because i'm like it makes you feel weak yes and you feel ah. patronized by people so like now I wish men knew when we cry, ignore it. Oh, you know, just kind of let it be like okay. that. Don't let that color how you feel like we're we're oh. feeling. Like take us seriously. Yes, not yes. babyish because we're crying. Oh, okay. You okay. know, like like yeah. don't or feel bad or feel bad because <laughs> yeah, we're like, crying. Yeah, that too. No. I'm like, no, just pretend I'm not. Wow, that's super interesting. So can you give me an example of this, like how this has played out in a specific situation sometime? Well, I mean, anytime that we have an argument. 
Like there are always tears, always. you know, always. And he, especially when we were first married, he'd be like, uh, oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, like, and like totally backpedal and like, cause uh, it's scary and, when women cry for right, men. Right. right. They're like, he's like, I, freaking I didn't out. mean to make you, you know, so sad. And I'm like, no, I'm just, this just happens. I can't help it. Like the te- yeah. I can't help. The tears just come. Yes. And oh. you know, if I could take them back, is, I would. And just have yeah. the conversation that is sans tears. You know, that would be great. Interesting. Yeah. Brie, yeah. does this happen for you too? I'm not a big crier, but when I cry, it's because I'm mad. Yeah. It's like I get so mad that I can't get any louder <laughs> with my screaming. And so I just cry. <laughs> so I cry. So I just cry. And then but, how does Isaac respond to that? Oh my gosh. I don't I don't feel like it's normally with him. He's a pretty chill guy. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. a good sign. I, I it's one around like, my family, I guess. Oh, I don't know. okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think like even like in the workplace or things like when you oh. get upset and then they treat you like with kid gloves and oh, I'm so sorry. Instead of like taking you serious oh. about your anger or about yeah. the thing that you're that passionate you're about. about. I don't know. I think mm. that happens more. We've been married 10 years. We've worked through. That's helpful. <laughs> through that at home. But it, it, in the workplace, in public settings where there are men involved, it seems like they don't quite understand that when I'm crying, I'm not... Mm. You know, I'm, I don't want to be crying. Like, I'd rather not. Yeah. I'd rather just have you a don't conversation. Want me to be crying. I don't <laughs> want me to be crying. Nobody wants me yes. to be crying now. Yes. That's super interesting. Do you ever feel like they think you're manipulating them somehow with your tears or right. like turning it on on purpose? Yeah. See, yeah. that's Sometimes. what bothers me. Ooh. It's because like, thought of that. I don't want somebody to think I'm doing that, but I literally cannot help it. Well, now yeah. I'm paranoid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Brie. Didn't think that. Didn't think that before now. (laughs) But that's what we're saying. That's why we're saying these things out loud, right? We're going, that's not what's happening here. It happens. And we don't know why it happens. And we wish that it didn't happen. Okay. We've got that one down. Let's hear your piece of wisdom, Brie. Okay. Here it goes. If you are a stranger and you're a man and you Uh see a woman, don't compliment her in any way. It's not a compliment. It's coming across as really creepy. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Tell me more. So I'm sure we've all experienced this where you're <laughs> yes. walking down the street. It may not even be in a sort of, you know, typically bad way. It could be like an older man saying, oh, you have such a beautiful smile. But it's like I'm walking to the grocery store. I don't I don't want to talk to somebody. <laughs> so, stranger danger. Stranger danger is real. <laughs> we have to be on guard. That's but, very um, interesting. Yes. Yeah. I, I have my been approached me in the grocery store with my kids. Because they always want to compliment my beautiful little girls. And it's very creepy sometimes. Probably for most men, they're like, well, I'm just trying to do something nice. Like, I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah. I just think it's nice. It just comes across in a very threatening kind of way. And that's not their fault. It's It's not their fault. It's the fault. And and maybe actually (laughs) coming, they may be trying to be really genuine about it, but it's coming across as really, really creepy. Is there anything that they could say instead, Brie, that would be something that would be less. (laughs) if there is a man in your life who's like i want to like encourage you or i want to offer something that is of value brie has a very scared look on her face well i don't think it's with people i know if it's someone i know i'm like oh Oh, great someone yeah someone i know yeah right but But you're right if it's a total stranger and they just want to talk to me just don't talk to me don't okay oh that's fair yeah you can just smile (laughs) or if you want to have a conversation Make it not about my physical appearance. Yeah, that's mm. in any way. It's a big one. You know, oh, I see you're buying chips. I'm buying the same chip. You know, like, I don't know. If you want to have a conversation, <laughs> have like a you would with any other guy yeah. where you're not drawing attention to our physical mm. bodies in any way. Because yes. right. that's the creepy yes. part. 
That like, is the creepy part. Because you're checking us out. Like, and that's not okay. Okay. So in the midst of this conversation that's kind of going on everywhere right now about women and women's rights and culture, there's a lot of harassment coming to light in the media for good reason. It's been hidden for a long time. And so I feel like men might feel really attacked by that. And it would be easy for them to feel really defensive if we have conversations about this mm-hmm. and say the women in, in your life are coming to you saying, hey, I'd like to talk about this. It may just feel mm-hmm. like you just want to talk about how men are awful and I don't want to talk about this. Right. And I was thinking about this. And the thing that I would want guys to know is one of the ways that you can love us best in the midst of that conversation is to ask questions and to listen to our stories. Yeah. Because I know it feels scary and it feels like we're attacking you. That's not the goal. The goal is just we feel scared. We feel unheard and unseen sometimes. And so even if you're kind of like, I don't really understand this. One of the best ways that you can love us is to listen well and ask questions. Do you guys agree? I was thinking about this today and I feel like we want them on our side. We don't want to be against them. We want them on our side. So, you know, when these things come up, we realize that sexism doesn't just affect women. It affects everybody. Yes. But we're so affected in in such a massive way that we want to share it with you. We want you on our side because it's a real thing and it's Mm. massive. And I would say that men have a huge, huge power to be a really redemptive presence in the way that they respond to us in this. They can be a huge part of the healing that happens Mm -hmm. just by listening well and asking good questions. I mean, when you feel heard and when you feel like an equal, you feel empowered to continue to do whatever it is you're doing. I'm a woman in ministry Mm. and that can be kind of a difficult area to be. It's a very male heavy field Mm. and it can be kind of tricky to feel heard, to feel valued, to Mm. feel like I'm one of them. To feel Mm -hmm. like you have something to say that they want to hear. Right. And so I think when men can listen well, yeah, it definitely gives that validity to what you're doing and, and says, okay, I have value here and I have purpose and what I'm doing, you don't feel demeaned or patronized mm-hmm. by that. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I have one more question. Tell me about your first dates with your husband. Oh, man. Mm. Good stories? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brie has a good story. Uh, Brie, you start. I, well, I met my husband. Should I say this? Yes. I should say this? Okay. Well, I met him on Tinder (laughs) and uh, it was the only date I had been on, on Tinder. And I was like, fine, I'll just get on Tinder. I'll be a (laughs) modern woman on an app. And I went on this date with this guy. And the the day before we go on this date, we were texting because we exchanged phone numbers. And he goes, just so you know, I have braces. Oh. And I go, what? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really a superficial person, but the whole point of the app is that you're like a little superficial. Yeah, that's really funny. So I was like, okay, great. Going on a date with a 21 year old with braces. <laughs> we meet in the McAllister's parking lot in oh. Fayetteville. You shook my hand. Uh, you shook your hand. <laughs> shook my hand. Of course. Yes. That's what you do. Yeah. That is what you do on the first yeah, date. Yeah. It was a super awkward first date. We went and ate and I, you know, stuffed my face because I'm nervous. But and I started talking about this mermaid documentary I was watching. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, we go to get coffee and I see people that I know and I go, Hey guys. And I talked to them the night before about how I was going on a Tinder day. And I'm like, that's my Tinder day. (laughs) 
and he could clearly hear me. Right. I'm but, being right. so sneaky right now. I'm being so sneaky. <laughs> but uh, then we went to a movie and yeah. Fun. We, that was it. That awesome. Was it. So, okay. Dinner, coffee, movie. And nice. I texted him the next day and then we've been together. The rest then. is history. The rest is history. Ooh. Yeah. Done. What about I you, Dre? We met in college with like mutual friend hangout stuff. So, like, yes. I don't think our first date was like until we had been quote unquote dating for oh, like okay. a month okay. or more. Like, the first couple of times we hung out was like with a big group of friends. We were playing poker. In <laughs> uh, one of the few places on campus where it can be co-ed at later hours yes. because dorms are closed during the evening. So we were in like one of the lobbies playing poker with like, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 people just sitting around. Uh-huh. And he's a pretty decent poker player and he really likes it and especially like winning against other people. But he purposefully lost what? so that he and I could, I don't know, flirt. Yeah. Basically. Oh, um, I think that's, that's adorable. He lost, he lost for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so and the yeah, we have a lot of inside jokes from the silly things that happened that evening with all these other people around. But like we were like in our own little world. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was that's really adorable. Goobery, but <laughs> that was like our first real like we're hanging out kind <gasps> of a thing. And then like the next day was Christmas. Break. Oh, um, so we didn't see each other until I think I actually drove to his house. Wow. Like two hours away. Not like he asked me out over instant messenger. Oh, how like cute not that is we're that? dating yeah. ourselves here with no. knowing what yeah. instant messenger is. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I drove up and and met his family. And there's oh my like, gosh. I know. So weird. quick. I know. It was awful. <laughs> no, his family was great. His family was great. Uh, but it was like, what are we doing? And then I don't think we had a date until after we came back to campus. That's adorable. So I don't even remember what that was or where we went. Because <laughs> by then it didn't matter. Yeah. Your boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, we were. Yeah. It didn't matter. So sweet. Well, thanks again, ladies, for being on the podcast. Yay. It was fun to have you. We'll have to do this again. Maybe. okay isaac we're back we let we let them back into the studio (laughs) so how did it go oh it was fun i learned some fun things well, don't just. <laughs> I have to wait for the you episode, wait, I guess. I've never been in this position before. I, I know what's going to happen, and now I don't. Yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure that what my wife said was, you know, what I want all men to know about women is how great my husband is. And that doesn't even make sense. I don't know. No. <laughs> I, yeah. I was trying to do something that, like, complimented me, and yeah. that's probably not how it went down. That's probably not quite. Yeah. Okay, that's well, not. we're going to move on then. And we're going to move on to another segment of this conversation and that's the guy segment where that's Isaac right. and I get to do some uh, sharing right yeah, yeah exactly so now it's my turn to ask you guys the same question but reversed there's one thing that you could say women here's what I want you to know about me or about men in general what would it be I think I'll take the first one okay just to okay. get mine out my note on this is it can be hard to show feels <laughs> uh-huh. I think that for a lot of guys myself included, every form of outgoing communication, especially when we're asked that what's wrong sort of Mm. leading question, everything that we say is first filtered through a layer of expected masculinity. Mm. So like how we're supposed to react, like if our 
male role models in our life reacted this way, we're immediately going to in that moment go, okay, like how would John Wayne have reacted to, <laughs> to processing this moment? Yeah. Like John, pulling out a revolver yeah. right, and firing it at somebody. I, I can't shoot anyone right now. <laughs> uh, what's the next best thing? Yeah. Cold silence. Okay, go. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, like how we process pain, how we process trauma, big T or little T, like anything that happens. A guy is supposed to fill in the blank right here. We're supposed to not cry, even if this is our wife that we're talking to. Like we're supposed to be the strong person. I've had to overcome all these hurdles in my own life going from personal experience. It's okay for you to not be the strong person right now. When I'm asked, how's it going? Sometimes, believe it or not, it is okay to respond truthfully to that person <laughs> mm-hmm. who really wants to know how it's going. Right. You don't have to put up the, oh, it's fine, kind of, kind of front. <laughs> yes. Like that's been a major point, And I don't know if Brie talked about this at all. But that's been a big point in our lives where she's had to say like over and over again, Mm. you can tell me how you're really feeling right now. Yeah. And even after two years of marriage, like I'm just getting to a point where I can immediately just go, oh, okay, yeah, like safe mode is turned on. Like I can (laughs) go ahead and just tell you this. Yeah. Well, I think for a lot of us guys, there's a whole childhood and a whole lifetime of hearing differently that we have to overcome when we get into a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you think about as a kid, I'm not trying to rag on my parents or anything like that because it wasn't even really primarily them as much as just culture in general. The one phrase I think that young boys hear probably most often is don't cry. Like Mm. when something happens, whether it's like a physical pain or something that you're upset about, there seems to be this general kind of encouragement and maybe it's changing in our culture a little bit in more recent years. Mm -hmm. But I think especially when we were growing up, there's just kind of this underlying thing of boys don't cry. Right. Or or be a man. Like be tough. Yeah. Right. Like it's okay. Be tough. You're fine. You're fine. Be tough. And I think a lot of people, when they say that to a kid who just skinned their knee or something, they mean well, right? Right. They're saying like, you just skinned your knee. It's not the end of the world. Right. You are going to be okay. You're fine. Right. But when you hear that every single time you feel like something goes wrong, you're fine. You're fine. Be tough. Be a man. You know, Mm. don't cry. That just becomes kind of what you're conditioned to try to do whenever you feel pain Mm. of any kind. Right. And I would say, like, if you're a woman listening to this, don't feel like it's your sole responsibility to undo a (laughs) lifetime of incorrect teaching in my life. Like, it's every bit of guy's responsibility to proactively tackle those lies in Mm. our heads. But also, I would say, give us a space where we feel like we can really share Mm. and also just be patient as we work through a lifetime of hearing, be a man, you're fine. Don't burden them with your problems. Give us a space where we feel like we can do that and we'll eventually get there if we're as proactive as we should be. That sounds like an incredibly difficult thing to carry around all the time from all of the other humans in the world who have put that on you. I am so sorry. One thing that I think I would like guys to know, and I know it's not my turn. Technically, we're not in the women's segment of the podcast, but something that I've thought a lot about the last couple of years that I would want to convey to guys is that vulnerability is not weakness and Mm. vulnerability is actually really attractive. I know that's like the opposite of what you've been told, but I would just affirm that the work that you're doing to say the things out loud and to work through some of that baggage is huge and is ultimately going to only make your significant other, your wife respect you more, I Mm. think. I think that's a great point. And I think it just underscores the fact that in a lot of ways, like this is an issue that men have created for men. Oh, yeah. And Mm. and it's an issue that in some ways has more to do with men feeling uncomfortable 
in the sight of other men as right. opposed right. to women. Oh, of totally. Like, you know what I mean? Like Kara just saying vulnerability is attractive. Open up a men's health magazine <laughs> where it's like 10 tips to get ladies. Vulnerability is not on that list. <laughs> like, it definitely is a male. We've done this to right. each other. Well, I think we kind of like to pretend that it's this thing that's like, no, we'll be macho because that's what the women like. Mm. When it, if like you think about it for a moment, you know, that's not like, right. The, you, you know what Kara just said is true. Yeah. Right. Mm. I think I think like at least most semi aware guys <laughs> yeah. have that understanding at some level. But then there's just this big obstacle in the way right. that says like, but how will other men perceive me? Like that's that, not allowed. That, right. That you have to work through to get to that. Right. Here's one more that I've been thinking of that I want women to know from men. Just to be clear, when I say this, I'm talking about a man and a woman in an ongoing relationship, two people that know each other and trust each other, not random strangers. When we compliment you, we mean it. Oh my gosh. Yes. When we say you're so smart, you're such a great mom. You are really, really talented at the work that you do. Yeah. We mean it. Yeah. Mm. When we say things like you look beautiful today, all of those things, when we say them, we mean them. It's not just men with self-esteem issues. Yes. Women have a lot of self-esteem issues too, because we're all human and we all struggle with that. My wife, for example, she talks about say like on the physical appearance side, not wearing makeup or things like that. Can Mm. I really get away with that? Culture says like you can't look good Mm. without it. Like, it's just not realistic. Mm. And so when my husband and I get up in the morning and he says, man, you look so beautiful. Mm. Okay, that's nice. But I don't even have makeup on. Right. Okay, so don't give me that. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, no, I mean, like, I don't say those things. Yeah. Unless I mean them. Yeah. I really don't. Uh, I don't just make up compliments. Don't be suspicious of our compliments. Exactly. (laughs) And that's hard, I think, for at least for my wife to accept. And I assume a lot of women are the same way. Oh, yeah. Because just like you guys have the years and years and years of the soundtrack that you're trying to drown out of be a man, be strong, be strong, be strong. We have it on the opposite side side be more beautiful try harder put more makeup on lose more weight you're never enough on that side of things and so it is hard for us to just like it's probably hard for you to believe when we say vulnerability is attractive it's hard for us to believe you look great you're enough without makeup but that's that's a really good reminder because sometimes we need to be reminded to just say thank you and take it yeah Yeah. well and i know that's kind of the tricky part it's always awkward no matter who you are when you get a compliment you don't know what to do with it right right? you're like what do i what do i say (laughs) like so what what do you say when your husband compliments you on on your appearance or your talent or whatever Mm. thanks Yeah, Yeah, that's all that's required. I mean, you can come back and say like, oh, you're such a great husband for telling me that. Like, that'll perpetual high five into oblivion. (laughs) That's that's fine. We're not going to complain about that. But all we're really looking for is thanks. There is something when your wife says like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it's kind of dismissive Uh, of that where you're like, I don't say that to make women feel even more guilty about that or pile on the guilt. I just bring that up to say like when guys hear their wives kind of dismiss those compliments, it just reinforces to us. We're like, oh, she needs to know what I know about her like she needs to know how great she is yeah and and how can I get through to her to convince her of that yeah because I'm convinced and I just need to convince her or it's what have I done wrong to where she doesn't believe me anymore like that's it's just like an additional yeah it's frustrating it's it's not like a (laughs) doesn't end the world but it's frustrating when you think your wife is hot and she doesn't believe you (laughs) that she's hot like it's the most Brie you're hot all I'm gonna say. It's so. Ch- I mean, okay. That's look, look we, we sometimes oversimplify guys down to this kind of like formulaic thing of all they care about is physical appearance, right? right? That is not true, right? However, <laughs> it's still an important component. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen. 
Can I just tell all the ladies this? If you're married, okay, your husband would not have married you right. if uh, he did not find you physically attractive. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just it's part of the deal. It's yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. He thinks you're hot. <laughs> Believe it. So yes, when he tells you that he's telling you the truth. Yep. That's awesome. So I asked the ladies a little bonus question and I'm going to ask you guys the same question, mm. mostly for the fun of seeing how different your answers might be. Okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> Isaac, you go first. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. Tell me about your first date with your wives. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear the difference. Okay. So I was nervous, super nervous. We went to, (laughs) I don't want to like trash this restaurant. (laughs) We went to a local restaurant that was awful. Uh huh. I didn't eat anything because I was nervous (laughs) about getting food in my teeth. That's so I like passed it off as like, oh, this food's nasty. Huh? <laughs> she, I'm not joking. She busts out this exact phrase. Did you know that mermaids are real? <laughs> and I, I responded internally like that. But outwardly, I was like, huh, no way. What? Because I'm still like, this is not an attractive person I'm on a date with. That's amazing. And what she was talking about is this documentary that she watched. She doesn't believe mermaids are real anymore. <laughs> She found this documentary where it was talking about mermaids existence and like this government cover up. And I was like, this is a wacky person. Like, I need to spend more time with this person. I love how your response to that was like, I need to check this out more. Let's explore that. I need more mermaids in my life. Well, really, it was like, I need to help this person like prove that it's not real. So is this how Bree's explanation of this not date went quite, down? but I'm oh, loving God. this. <laughs> and then like we had dinner and it was really great. Like I can 100% say that I left that night feeling very excited about seeing her again. Aww. Like, and it's been, I feel that way about every night. That's so awesome. So sweet. Yeah. Nicely done. I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> my first date. That's okay. With Dree. No. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, we started dating right around Christmas time of our freshman year in college. Yeah. And we started like seeing each other right before Christmas break happened. Mm-hmm. And so we went back home and we weren't around each other. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, back in the day, we're using AOL instant messenger nice. to communicate <laughs> with each other. And we were talking pretty much every day, all day on AOL instant messenger over Christmas break. That's awesome. And I actually kind of asked her out over AOL Instant Messenger. That's amazing. Hey, it's no worse. just the worst. No, it's no. How is it worse than text or Tinder or whatever? It's not. It's just as bad. Green <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I met on Tinder, Come so on. you can have AOL. through Isaac under the bus. Yeah. Too. <laughs> you you name drop Tinder directly looking Come at on. me. Yeah. She name dropped Tinder. I named dropped I didn't it. I'm start sorry. it. That was well, me. We're here well, now. I'm not any better. I asked her out over Instant Messenger. And uh, then we got back kind of to school and. I really, truly, honestly can't remember our first date. It's okay. Like, I don't, I don't know. Dre's answer was similar. Really? So, Did because, she not remember either? Well, she was like, well, we started dating before. Yeah, it was similar. Yeah. You can go back and listen. Well, I mean, we were in, this is, I'm sound like I'm going to make excuses for myself that no. I didn't ask her out on a date, but like we were poor college students. Yes. Yes. We were seeing each other like every single night because we totally. lived on campus together. And so yeah. we didn't really go places. You had a ton of tiny dates. Yeah. Like we just <laughs> yeah. dated each other like on campus, I yeah. think. Yeah. So yeah. at least that's what I'm going to say was. <laughs> we didn't really have a first date or else we did. And it's just, you know, 12 years later, I, I just can't We're still on our first date. I That's did. right. Oh, After all these look years. at that. Brilliant. Ah, okay. I'm going to use that line next time. <laughs> 
Now it's time for On Repeat, the section of the show where we recommend our favorite music that we're playing right now. Mine is the easiest one I've ever done. It's Lecrae's Get Back Right. Lost my cool, whoa, say, bounce back, got dirt on my shoes, got back, right. This whole album, y'all, like I was a little bit worried about him collabing with Zaytoven just because I didn't know if the styles would overlap. I heard a little bit from his last album, like I kind of saw that it could work. Seriously, every track on this, I have listened to it multiple times. Get Back Right jumps out as the obvious single because it's got a great hook. It actually premiered on World Star, which a lot of people had some mixed thoughts on, but it was really cool just seeing Lecrae with all of these different people from inside and outside of hip hop, like walking around behind him, like mm. really being hyped about this guy. All I saw was just Lecrae being a light in a world that really needs it. And Get Back Right is just a great sort of sample of what this album has to offer. It's such a good song. I think this is the first time that someone's on repeat this week has been the same for two episodes in a row. Seriously? Because yeah, you did this, you did this, at this last, last episode. Week, did I really? Well. Yeah. But that's okay. Oh, and you don't even remember. I'm keeping it. I'm stand buying it. <laughs> Because on repeat this month, this yes. month I'm <laughs> standing by it. That's awesome. It holds up. This album is so good. I think I did this before the rest of the album. Yes, came out. you just heard the yes. single. Yeah. So the single is still good. By the way, it's still my on repeat. <laughs> but for real, listen to this album if you haven't got a chance. My on repeat this week is the Backstreet Boys of all things. Yes. <laughs> Don't go breaking my heart. Backstreet is back, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I am kind of amazed that I am picking a Backstreet Boys song. It's pretty. Yeah. That's my on repeat yeah. this week. Because here's the deal. In the late 90s, when the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and 98 mm. Degrees and all of these bands became a big deal, mm. I hated all of them. <laughs> okay? I'm just going to be really upfront. I was, what, 12 years old, 14 years old, yeah. like mm -hmm. kind of getting into middle school, and there was nothing I liked less than yeah. the yeah. boy bands. Well, that's because yeah. that's all the girls. That's exactly. All the girls that like. was the girl thing. So you right? can't like and, and people who are younger may not understand this because now <laughs> the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, there's just all this nostalgic connection to them right. that I feel like everybody kind of has the soft spot in their heart for the boy yes. bands now, right. but that was not the case no. at the time. There was nothing less cool as a guy. I mean, we're talking about masculinity during this episode. Oh, man. Nothing true. stripped away your masculinity faster than if you said the words, I like NSYNC oh, or I like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> just and instant yet, punch. And yet here I am 20 years later. Uh -huh. With the Backstreet Boys song is my on repeat. Don't Go Breaking My Heart is catchy as all get out. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's kind of got this weird like Stranger Things vibe yes. going on in the yes. chorus with this like it little does. like synth arpeggio thing. <laughs> and yeah. the song is just, it's a banger. It's uh -huh. a buffer. That's what I said. It's yeah. fun. I'm going to borrow Isaac's words. It is object. What did you say? Objectively a banger. Yeah. <laughs> There, I feel like there was one more word in there or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was very good, whatever you had to awesome. say. Like, objectively a solid banger. Yes, that's, that's it. what solid it was. Banger. Objectively a solid banger. <laughs> and here's the other thing that I kind of like about it. We're playing it on Real FM. And sometimes we just play a fun love song on Real FM. But the one thing that I like about this song is it actually talks about this idea that, like, that's not what love is supposed to be. Breaking each other's hearts and moving on to somebody else. Mm. And there's, like, this little kernel in there. 
And I, I'm not trying to say this Backstreet Boys song is super deep or yeah. has all of these like moral <laughs> lessons for us or anything like that. But I really do appreciate that line of that's not what love is supposed mm. to be. Because in a world where we've kind of created this kind of throwaway version of love that cannot last and we say, you know, monogamy is old fashioned. You can't do that anymore. People mm. grow apart. You have to move on to the next thing. Mm. They're saying that's not what love is supposed to be. Mm. Breaking each other's heart, that's not what love is about. Love can last. Mm. And I think that's a message, even in a Backstreet Boys song, that our world needs to hear. My on repeat this week is Kings and Queens by Matt Carney. We don't need no bankroll, make us feel alive. We don't need no benzo to feel like we can ride. Richer than Solomon, with you by my side, we'll be kings and queens in a Honestly, guys, I uh, might be pulling an Isaac here. I can't remember if I've had this one on before because I, I don't think you've had this on before, but I think it is your third Matt Carney okay, song. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> but it is a different song. That's fair. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm with Matt Carney, kind of like Isaac is with Lecrae over here. Just the entire album. Yeah, Crazy mm-hmm. talk. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. But Kings and Queens, I was listening to this one the other day and I love the words. In fact, I think this would make a really great wedding song for someone, maybe like a first dance. There's just mm. so much good love can feel complicated and it's kind of like we were just talking about the Backstreet Boys and there are things that people tell us this is what love's supposed to look like and no this is what it's supposed to look like and Mm. I love the simplicity and beauty of his lyrics and he like this guy writes some good love songs can I just say that every time I listen to I mean I know they're they're kind of they're good jams too but every time I listen I'm just like they're so sweet I feel like that's like I mean Matt Carney does some other stuff too it's not all love songs but I feel like that's his like calling card at this point yes that's like that's it yeah good can love songs and they're unique too. like the lyrics I don't know the way he turns a phrase is just like well Mm -hmm. I never would have thought of it that way but now I love that and it's the only way I can think about it so this song is basically about not having much (laughs) money or much other things in life but saying you know what I I don't need much Mm. the Hollywood Hills won't ever make me feel as good as us we don't need no bankroll to make us feel alive. We don't need no benzo to feel like we can ride. Richard than Solomon with you by my side will be kings and queens in our own mind. I just think it's a really sweet song, yeah. and I have been listening to it on repeat for a while now, but I just can't stop. The whole album, too. Crazy talk. Check it out. All right. Well, guys, that was a fun conversation. It was fun. I still haven't been able to listen to what our wives said. Uh-huh. So I very much look forward to this episode coming out so I can actually hear <laughs> I'm jealous that, that side of it. You're editing this episode. This is the uh-huh. first time I've ever been jealous of Anson <laughs> editing an episode. Isaac's going to be like, hey, uh, can I just borrow the uh, the file for the podcast for a little bit? Maybe just do a little editing of my own here. That's right. like, <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. And hopefully you learned a few things. I have a feeling that I'm going to learn a few things when I get the chance to listen to what. That yes. you and Dree and Bree yes. had to say. All right, so it's time for the final quote of season two. Oh, man. From Gosh. our wise patron, Liz Lemon. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Uh, Liz is here for you if you've been listening to this episode and eating lots of chocolate because you're single. We're talking all about <laughs> relationships and you're like, come on, give me something here. Liz Lemon, about the word lovers. That word bums me out unless it's between the words meat and pizza. (laughs) We feel you. Truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Real Talk podcast from Real FM. 
Catch Real Talk with Anson and Kara from 4 to 7 p.m. Live every weekday on Real FM Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of John Brown University, KLRC Radio, or Real FM.